Welcome to the G3 Podcast. I'm Virgil Walker. I'm joined by Josh Bice and Scott Annual. Uh, man, we're always excited to, to, to start up a brand new podcast with great information. And this podcast is going to be something that I think you're going to completely uh, enjoy. It's a question that we get asked often uh, about as it relates to uh, where we go uh, to church and how do we find a good church. We're going to be talking about subject matter around that. Before I jump into that piece, though, I want to talk about um, the events that we have coming up here at G3. Uh, the big one for us, by all means, I mean, it's, 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 the, it's the granddaddy. Uh, it's the big one. Uh, it's our, our national conference. We want you to be there. We want you to be a part of it. The national conference, September 21st through the 23rd. It's on the doctrine of the sovereignty of God. You do not want to miss this. Every day that we get together and we talk about what's going to be happening uh, at the conference, there's some new idea, uh, there's some new thing that we're putting together, there's something new we're planning. Of course, there are all the things that you've come to expect about G3, which is the best of the best in world-class preaching. Uh, it starts at the pulpit, and, and you're gonna, you'll, you'll be blown away by what you experience in that space. But in addition to that, and we've got a lot of additional amenities, additional things that we're planning uh, that you want to be a part of. Stay tuned, get connected with us. First of all, you should register. Uh, so go to g3men.org, get registered for the conference September 21st through the 23rd. Uh, you'll definitely want to be there. In addition, we've got we've got our worship workshop. And Scott, you're going to be a big part of that yeah. down in Junction City, Kansas. Yep, yep. Uh, talk a little bit about... Yeah, so this is our third workshop now, which have gone really, really well and uh, follow the same pattern as our excellent expository preaching mm -hmm. workshops. And these are just wonderful opportunities for pastors to come and think biblically about how to uh, just theologically think through a worship service and then how to plan a worship service such that God is glorified. You know, this will tie into a lot of what we're going to talk about in this episode. God is glorified. The people are, are discipled and matured through what's happening in the worship service. Mm -hmm. uh, this is not just for musicians. Right. This is for pastors. Right. And so I want to encourage you to attend. It's always a great time. Uh, truly a workshop where we're mm -hmm. kind of hands-in, working through issues, feedback, uh, just a real fruitful time. Yeah. So I encourage I, you to register. I'm excited about this. It's May 23rd and 24th there in Junction City. Again, same website. It's near your old stomping ground. It's near right? my old stomping ground. Absolutely. Yeah. Good good part of the country. Uh, the, closer, <laughs> the closer you get to Oklahoma, home of the better things are so oh, really <laughs> yes for sure even in football season uh, we'll, we'll talk about that at, we'll, we'll talk about that next football season <laughs> but absolutely you'll definitely want to mark your calendar uh, may 23rd 24th junction city kansas uh, you want to be a part of that and then we've got something that's happening right after uh, the g3 conference which is the british reformation church history tour uh, this thing is going to be Absolutely amazing. I, I know, Josh, you spent a lot of time thinking through this, wanting to put this together. It's something we've done historically. Uh, talk a little bit about kind of where we're going, what we're doing, and that kind of thing. Give me your thoughts about it. Yeah, it's going to be a wonderful time of uh, really just retracing, if you will, the, the steps of the Reformers. Mm -hmm. So on these church history tours, one of the things that we're able to do is spend time together. It's, a, it's just a wonderful time of fellowship. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, is a, it is a trip but it's also a time of learning together yeah. as well. Yeah. So we're able to go to various places historically, starting in Scotland and making our way down through London. We'll be visiting day trips to various historic sites mm -hmm. like the city of Oxford, Cambridge, and we'll be able to visit historic places where reformers served, where they lived, where in many cases they were martyred for their faith. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, some of those historic sites would include the places where, you know, the Oxford martyrs were burned in the streets in the city there. We'll be able to go to places like Smithfield on the outskirts of London, where John Rogers was burned at the stake. He was the first martyr under Bloody Mary. Mm. We'll be able to go to uh, you know, Bunhill Fields, where this historic cemetery, where uh, various figures from church mm-hmm. history yeah. were laid to rest. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And so you're going to be able to see the graves of, you know, John Bunyan, for mm-hmm. instance, uh, who, you know, ministered and lived in Bedford, but he was laid to rest there on the outskirts of London. Um, Isaac Watts, John Owen, just to name a few names. Wow. It's just wow. an unbelievable opportunity to to walk through the history of the British Reformation. Yeah. And so, yeah, we would love to have you join us for that tour. You can find out more information there on our website. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an amazing time. I'm excited for both both and both the, the historic aspect of it, the learning component, but also it's going to be a more intimate setting. It'll be a smaller group of us uh, that will be uh, participating in this. You'll want to be in on this one as well. Yeah, so it's breathtaking scenery mm. the whole time, like literally from the time that you arrive there and you get off of the airplane uh, the hotels that we're going to be staying in, I mean, first class, uh, you know, five-star properties, mm-hmm. and then, you know, just the scenery, you know. Uh, in fact, when we're in Edinburgh, we're going to actually be able to have a private tour of the castle and to be able to talk about the history of this massive fortress that sits on the hill wow. at the end of the Royal Mile. But also, you know, you're going to have the opportunity to go up and see the crown jewels that are there. I mean, all of this, again, with a private tour exclusive for Mm. G3. It's going to be great. That'll be great. October 20th through the 27th. If that's something that can fit in your schedule, you'll want to be a part of this. Go to g3men.org forward slash tour. And what you'll find there uh, is all the information about the tour. You'll be able to register there uh, and the like. Well, gentlemen, I think that covers the ground. Uh, I'm excited about our conversation today, uh, what we'll be talking about and, and discussing uh, as, as far as, as a question that we often get asked. Uh, we know that, that with G3, we have the G3 Church Network. Mm-hmm. So we have churches that are, uh, that are around the country and literally around the world mm-hmm. uh, that are connected to G3 and kind of how we, how, how we think about things, how we think about uh, you know, biblical ecclesiology, church, you know, ch- uh, the, the issue of, of church and, and how to form formulate church, issues around worship and the like. But the question that we get asked most often is, what do I look for uh, if I'm looking for a church? What, what kinds of things do I need to think about as I, as I look at, uh, you know, be either serving at a church, joining a church and the like? And, and we try to do our best to provide answers related to that. So I know that this subject is important because a lot of people ask, uh, but it's also going to be really good for us to just talk through these pieces of the puzzle. And so as we normally do, Josh, why don't we have you kick us off? <coughs> Yeah, Virgil, I think that this is a critical uh, subject matter as we talk about this today, because as you think about, you know, church history and you look at our own present state, there's been a lot of dividing lines over the last several years. But really, when we think about the life of the church, we should be thinking about the church, I think, at a higher level than we typically do. And when I say typically do, I'm talking about just the general conversation that happens among Christians in a community. You know, they might say, well, uh, where do your kids play ball? And so then you start making decisions on whether or not you want to, you know, go to this rec league or the the other. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, what, what informs that decision is typically, you know, the coaching or, you know, the distance from your home mm-hmm. or, or whatever. But as we think about the life of the church, the church matters. It's God's will for us to be a part of a local church uh, where we are engaging in real genuine relationships. We're under authority. We are, you know, being led by faithful uh, shepherding. Uh, not just preaching, mm-hmm. but actual, you know, shepherding of souls. And so the way I like to talk about the decision of a church mm-hmm. is based upon this reality that I think it's one of the most important decisions that you will ever make mm-hmm. from a formative standpoint. Mm-hmm. It's going to have a ripple effect that's going to go beyond your own lifetime right. into the generations that follow. Right. And I think that that's critically important for us to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, when I walk through the cemetery out here, you know, across the street from our church, there are generations of my family that's buried there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I think about this church, this local church that we're a part of, um, it has left an indelible mark on my soul yeah. and will for my children and my grandchildren to come. Yeah. And so we need to be making, you know, uh, decisions about the church that we join at a much higher level than we typically make decisions on other cultural matters. Yeah. And so you start thinking about, okay, if I buy a house, you know, I'm going to have a list of things that I want, you know, in, in, in this house. And sometimes, you know, we might have a couple of different lists, right? We might have my list right. and then my wife has a different list right. and we're going to have different <laughs> things right. on that list, right? Right. right. Like right. the man cave is probably not going right. to be on her <laughs> not, list. Not going to be on her list. No, <laughs> right? no, 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 no. But when it comes to, uh, you know, selecting a home, mm-hmm. we can make that decision collectively and we can sort of take away like, you know, basically we're going to concede on some things. We're going to say, you know, I, I might not get my whole wish list fulfilled. Sure. But it's going to be a it's going to be a decision that we make together mm-hmm. and it's going to serve us well. When it comes to the life of the church, we should not be approaching a decision about church membership in the same way. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not always going to be close to your home. Sure. Uh, it might not always be that we, you know, make a decision about a church based on cultural, you know, conditions or things that might, you know, be comfortable for our family. We might actually have to drive across the city or we might, you know, have all sorts of other things that that play into that decision that might not be, quote unquote, the best case scenario Mm -hmm. for our family. Mm -hmm. But spiritually speaking, we need to be asking the questions about the right preaching of the Word of God, the right administration of the ordinances, mm-hmm. and does this church practice biblical church discipline? Right. We've had people leave our church before, and they'll say, can you help me find a church right. in the city that I'm moving to? Right. And typically, one of the things that I will say is, historically, you know, scholars had that, that, that grid that they would look through as they evaluated whether or not a church was actually a true church. Right. Right. And it would be the right preaching of the Word, the right administration of the sacraments or the ordinances, and then the the practice of biblical church discipline. So mm-hmm. the way that I've often given counsel to people on that issue was if you go looking for a church, first of all, look for your church before you start looking for a neighborhood. Come right? on, man. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then second of all, um, if you can't find a church that's, you know, or if the church that you're thinking about joining, rather, um, doesn't practice biblical church discipline. I think it's dangerous for you to to you know take your family and join that church. Right. In other words, you have a higher 
maybe an elevated opinion of yourself mm-hmm. if you think that you don't need church discipline that's operative in your church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there are these massive things we need to be thinking about. Yeah. You need to be thinking about ecclesiology. Yeah. And how does this church worship and approach the worship of God? Yeah. So we need to think through all of these things when it comes to choosing the right church. For I want to. I want to go back to something that you said as as you were kind of un- unpacking that that piece, that component for for people to think about, and, and it's a it's a key idea. Thinking about before you think about the neighborhood. Uh, before you think about the school system, before you put all those pieces in place, that, that a primary driver for, for finding a place for you to move to, if you're, if you're moving from one state to another, maybe a job situation or, or what have you, but that you're first thinking about where's the local church? Yeah. Where, where's, for, for that to be primary, that's a total shift. Well, it, it is, and we've had you know, that play out in the life of our own church. We have seen families that you know, move to the city of Atlanta, which is a large city, and they think, okay, I'm going to live in a suburb on this side of the city. Right. I will certainly find a church. This is the Bible Belt, right? right? right. And then they find themselves driving 45 minutes to our church right. because they chose a neighborhood on this side of the city, and now they're driving across the city to mm-hmm. get here mm-hmm. because the reality is uh, there are lots of buildings that claim to be churches sprinkled all about Atlanta, but there's not a lot of really healthy churches here. Right. Yeah. And, and so and, we and, be and, careful. And, and that, and unfortunately, <clears throat> that situation is normative. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more and more you think about, hey, I'm in the buckle of the Bible Belt. Uh, there's a church on every corner. The more you run into the fact that no, those those are places pretending to be churches. Yeah. Uh, those are places maybe with the name church on the door, uh, but actually are not functioning in any of the ways that we're that we're currently talking about. Mm-hmm. And 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 people who are serious about about their faith and practice uh, go into those places and then find themselves empty and, and just thinking, where am I? What am I going to do? Yeah. And that's when we get a call. Yeah. Right. We get the call that, that says, hey, we're you know, uh, I'm in I'm in such and such city. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott, do you have a do you have a place on the map where right. I can go? And you're looking like what in the world? This, this is so important. It's important for the, the husbands and fathers, the men in, in families to take the leadership on this mm-hmm. and actually be willing to sacrifice. I mean, this is one of the things I'm so thankful for my own dad. Uh, my parents found a solid church first. We lived we, they moved literally within about a minute drive from the church, mm-hmm. which meant my dad was driving every day 45 minutes to an hour to work. Mm-hmm. We didn't choose where to live based on his workplace. Nope. He sacrificed nope. so that we could live near a good gospel-preaching sound that's church. Yeah. And that's really important. Yeah. What, what's incredible about that is I think, A, it's the right priority. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the other issue is that in our current day and time, where where job situations are are more mobile, yeah. right? Where where a lot of folks now, especially post COVID, are working from home. Mm-hmm. There is a better choice, an easier choice. Maybe right. they don't have to consider that drive. Maybe they, maybe they've got a forty five minute drive, and it's not every day. Maybe it's yeah. twice a week, yeah. right? Rather than every day, because mm-hmm. they're able to work in a in a mobile situation. Uh, we we we've had folks I know here at, a, at at our church who have moved to where we are because their job is mobile, right? And they can work mm-hmm. from anywhere, and and they and they were. They were watching their situation uh, in the Northeast and thinking, I've got to get out of this place yeah. because, you know, the church environment is not a positive one, found G3 and, and came to Praise Mill as yeah, a result. So. Absolutely. So we've we've seen that. I think that that's a wise
wise decision in some cases if you can do that. Um, again, you know, Douglasville, Georgia, where we are, we don't have beautiful beaches. We don't have like anything that's really going to lure right. families to. You, to you this didn't get area. that in your, in your hiring package. No <laughs> yeah. beaches. That wasn't yeah. part of that. Yeah. Wasn't part of the hiring package. No beautiful beaches okay. here. Um, but we do see families that are relocating here because mm. what they're saying is it would be better for my family mm. to be a part of a healthy church mm-hmm. and drive to a beach, mm-hmm. or for me to drive to work than it would be for us to do it. It, you know, in the opposite direction, right? And put the church choice on a on a lower level, right? Um, we actually just met with a family just this week. Interestingly enough, relocating from Germany, and are more than likely going to end up joining this church. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because uh, again, they're committed to home education. Home mm-hmm. education is outlawed in Germany, and so they're saying, you know what, w- we can lay aside even. Uh, our choice of occupation. And in his case, this is a very unique scenario. He's a medical doctor. And now he finds himself moving here to the States and he's going to choose, you know, where he lives based on his choice of a local church. So he was talking with the elders here about the possibility of moving here. And so when I asked about, you know, would he be, you know, pursuing the practice of medicine here, he said, I might just be an electrician. Wow. He said, the reason why is because I would have to go, you know, through like two more years of medical school here and then another residency program just to be licensed to practice medicine here. But the decision for my family is so important that I might just pursue something like being an electrician or something mm-hmm. in a in a trade sort of environment uh, to to provide for my family because the choice of the local church matters. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. wow, that's leadership. Yeah. yeah, it really is. When you think about the you know the, the church environment, what's what once I once I've visited a place, I'm kind of getting an idea that I like what I'm I'm experiencing. Uh, you know, there's a there's at least a an approach to expository preaching. You know, what kinds of things should we be looking for with specificity? Mm-hmm. What are you What are your thoughts there? Well, I mean, I think we need to look beyond you know what the church can offer us mm-hmm. like th- this whole idea of consumerism yeah. that has just absolutely consumed us is you know we we look at a church and we say what can this church offer my children right. do they have the right size youth group right. uh, do they have the right type of music and so it's always this you know th- this compartmentalized approach to to the choice of a church right. Yeah, I think if you go to a church within a couple of Sundays, you should be able to say, okay, that guy is actually handling the Bible appropriately. I mean, it should be obvious week one, right? Right. right. But, you know, within a couple of weeks, you should be able to see that. Mm-hmm. But it's more than just the preaching. Mm-hmm. It's the holistic view of worship yeah. that matters yep. from start to finish, from the prelude to the final amen, mm-hmm. all of it matters. Mm-hmm. And if it looks like the guy's handling the Word of God appropriately, but everything else is just a free-for-all, well, then you probably need to find another church. And so all of it matters. And we need to be thinking about leadership structure. Do they have a plurality of elders? Uh, Do they have healthy deacons that know what the actual definition of a deacon is? how do they approach singing? Is it with this this idea of is it band driven? Is it is it you know personality driven? 
Is it entertainment driven? Mm-hmm. Is it this idea that's been so common? And I, again, I'm going to pass the ball over to Scott. Let, let Scott deal with this in a moment. But is it this idea that we come and we let someone else, like the professionals on the, mm-hmm. the stage, right. which, by the way, we just need to just change the vocabulary. Yeah. It's not a stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but let the professionals do the worshiping for us, and we s- sort of stand there, and we get goosebumps, and we sort of hum along with them. Yeah, I call it karaoke worship. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. it's just horrible. Yeah. And so we need to actually hear the congregation, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. If you have a choir, wonderful, amen to that. But, you know, the, the real choir is the congregation. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So. Yeah, I, b- before, before Scott jumps in uh, on this one, he, you and I were having a conversation about this early, yeah. earlier today. Uh, as, as I was telling you, I'm just doing some research for articles and things like that, mm-hmm. definitely looking at my background, my history, and, and black church culture and, and like, and, you know, how, how we love the, the, the singers. And, you know, I was telling you about mm-hmm. folks who can get up on a, on a microphone and just, just you know, just sing. Mm-hmm. Uh, these these the, the the lady you could pass the microphone person to person and each one of them were Grammy award winning artists as far as their sound. <laughs> right. But all of that was for the purpose of entertainment. Yeah. You could pack out a church that way, mm-hmm. uh, but you definitely can't grow the people of God in that way. Yeah. They're not properly being discipled. They're not being shaped by what it is they're singing. Mm-hmm. It was a transition for me. Um, coming from a black church primarily, and then and then the background, and, and, and even even the SBC with more of the uh, band-driven kind of models, mm-hmm. to getting an ear for what it means to come into a worship setting and actually have the congregation be the instrument yeah. that is played as we sing right. to God together. Yeah. And so, yeah. kind of speak to that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think you know the we're really all these questions can really be funneled down to a fundamental question, and, and that is, is this church making Scripture that which guides and regulates and directs every aspect of of the church mm-hmm. of the church life? Certainly, the the worship service. Uh, of course, that's not the default in many churches today. Right. The default is the culture, or the fault is this church growth guru's you know book about how we can get people in the seats, mm-hmm. or the 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 standard is like you said, what will create the most goosebumps or get people excited. Um, we've we've you know we we've approached church search in like like Josh you said a moment ago in sort of this consumerist mindset as if we're choosing between McDonald's and Burger King. Right. I mean obviously Burger King is the right choice, but uh, you know, but that's Chick-fil-A, brother. Yeah. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but that the question is what does scripture say? How you know, and, and historically, if we're talking about the worship service, this would be described as the regulative principle of worship, right? That what we are doing is regulated by the word of God first and foremost. The regulative principle doesn't solve every question, it doesn't solve every issue, but it at least provides guardrails, guidelines, protection for what a worship service is going to look like. It eliminates anything that's not prescribed. We're going to do what the Word of God says. And when when I teach in the regulative principle, I often try to help people understand that the regulative principle is not is not restrictive, it's actually liberating. Right. And that's why when we're looking for a church, we ought to be asking, does this is this church regulated by scripture? Because it frees us from having to worry, you know, 
when the pastor goes off to the latest church growth conference, what's he going to bring back next? Mm-hmm. No, we can be assured we're always going to go to the scriptures, yeah. and scripture is going to govern what we're doing, well, which that's includes why the things pa- like singing and, and all these things. Yeah, yeah, that's why the pastor should be going to the G3 conference, that's right. and not mm-hmm. these other conferences. That's right. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> add, add, add to that, I, and, and you know, I'll, I'll put another another shameless plug in for uh, the, the the worship workshops. Right. Uh, that, that's why that's important. One yeah. of the things that, that you said that I think is 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 something that people need to hear and listen to. Culture is telling you that that anytime there's guardrails, anytime there is a standard, that that's mm-hmm. something that needs to be thrown thrown mm-hmm, off. Mm-hmm. That that that's something that needs to be avoided. Well, you sound legalistic, mm-hmm. Scott. That's what right. that, that's that's what rings in the ears when yeah. we hear guardrails or we hear boundaries. And 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 really, what uh, what what God is doing all throughout His Word when He's establishing principles, standards, guardrails, guidelines is for the purpose of our great benefit. Yeah. Uh, we unfortunately don't see it that right. way. Right. Um, but when we do, and when we allow those guardrails to conform our hearts, uh, we have, we, we're filled with that much greater joy as right. a result. Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to put it. I mean, you know, making sure that Scripture is regulating everything we do in a church is bringing God more glory because we're saying he has the right to tell us how he wants to be worshipped. But absolutely, it, it is also the best thing for us mm-hmm. because what God has prescribed brings him delight, brings him glory. But as he says in his own word, that which brings him the most glory is actually also for the best good of his people. And right. that's true with how a church is structured, corporate worship, all of these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, th- I, think what, I think what happens often is it, it, when, fo- when, when, when pastors are, are motivated to, to lean into what we're hearing musically through culture and bringing that into the church, a, a lot of that speaks to the fact that they're appealing to folks who aren't really regenerate to begin with. Right. Uh, a, a group of fo- a group of people who are who, who think who take church membership lightly. I mean, we can go all the way back to that part of the conversation. Yeah. Uh, who aren't serious or, uh, uh, about really being conformed by God's word, but but realize that you know church attendance that's a good thing for us to do. So so we're gonna we're gonna do that. We're gonna check the box and aren't really looking to have the word of God really reign and rule in every area and aspect of their lives. I, I know we've, we've we've touched on this in the past about regenerative church membership and why those kinds of things and issues uh, are, are important. Maybe, maybe uh, uh, Josh, you could kind of speak to what's happened in church culture as a result of, of not, not paying attention to what's coming in the door. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, uh, one way to describe it would be it's been a disaster. Um, <laughs> you know, when you start thinking about the reality of evangelicalism as a whole, the, really, it's it's been this this idea of not practicing biblical church discipline. Mm-hmm. Now, the very moment that we raise the, you know, the idea of church discipline, you know, there's a lot of people that are just like, they, they cringe. I mean, sure. it's just like, that's so judgmental. It's harsh. Um, but that's really not the case. If you mm-hmm. think about that's it, right. um, one of the most unloving things that a church could do would just be to let the church members just live in unrepentant sin. Uh, that's not a loving thing. That's not a loving practice. And so this idea that, well, we're just going to let people do what they want to do. We're going to be a people of love. We're not going to really engage in biblical accountability. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have a call to repentance. We're not going to engage in church discipline. At that point, what you're saying is, number one, that you have the, a, a wrong view of love. Mm, that's right. And then number two, you're saying, I can do it better than the way that Jesus commanded because Jesus actually commanded. He didn't suggest it. He actually commanded that we practice biblical church discipline. And it's not just Matthew 18. That is 
you know, the cornerstone passage, if you will. But you can go to Titus 3, verses 9 through 11. You can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. You can go to 2 Thessalonians. You can go to Galatians. I mean, you can go to all sorts of passages. And what we see is we see that the church is being called to purity. Yeah. And the church is being called to, to love the body as a whole. And the way we do this is we actually guard the front door mm-hmm. and we guard the back door. There was one uh, historic scholar that said it this way, when discipline leaves a church, Christ goes with it. Mm. And we need to always remember that. Yeah. So the church is called to be a, a pure body that brings honor and glory to King Jesus, yeah. who's actually returning soon. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be mindful of that. So the idea that, you know, when we look for a church, I think you could go in week number one when you're looking for a church and you can figure out in that one worship service whether or not the elders of that church have the right understanding of the the most important person uh, in that that very worship service. Mm -hmm. And the most important figure in the worship service is not necessarily the people that are there to be entertained. It's not the supposed seekers that you're trying to reach in the community, but the most important one in that service is God himself. Right. And the way that a, a service is structured will will actually tell the tale about that. Yeah, yeah. so basically, basically what I hear you saying is church, church is not about you. It's not. Right? It's, it's really about you are the church, and you are to worship the true and living yeah. God. Yeah, so... J- on that note, mm-hmm. so just uh, like a few weeks ago, um, typically we'll have the the final amen of the service, and I'll make my way into the foyer, and I'll greet you know guests and, and people who have been you know in attendance that day that aren't members. And one family came up to me, and they started talking to me about the service and how they were you know searching for a good church for their family, and and so at one point. Uh, the the father spoke up and he said, do you guys uh, have special music? And I said, well, it depends on what you mean by special. <laughs> and he said, well, I mean, you know, like solos and things of that nature. And I said, well, we typically don't. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, if we did something like that, it might be on a rare occasion, um, but it might be like for the offertory or something of that nature. But typically we're not trying to drive people to sit and just watch worship. We're engaging in worship as a whole. Right. And then the next thing he said was, well, I just think, you know, that you, you guys seem to be a little bit, you know, formal. And I said, well, it depends <laughs> on your definition of formality. Mm-hmm. And then he said, well, you know, I just think that, you know, church should be fun and exciting too, right? And right. I said, well, it depends on what you mean by that. <laughs> and what I was doing was was peeling back the onion right. for him to be able to see right that what he's looking for is something that's going to make him happy. Be entertaining. But, you know, he's got to come to the recognition that, you know what, if church is all about him, right. there's going to be several hundred other people in the room that are going to be aggravated because it wasn't right. about them. That's right, right. Because, right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's it's Black History Month. Yeah. Right? I got a black gospel choir we could bring yeah. on Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah. and we, could, we could actually, you know, <laughs> yeah. show out if we want to do Yeah. If we're, if we're taking requests. Right, right. right. I, I don't think you are. I, yeah. I would imagine we're that not. being the <laughs> And, and the and the irony is what 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 people don't realize is is actually if we make God the center and His glory and delight the center, right. then like we said a moment ago, that is actually what is best for us and leads to 
true biblical yeah. joy, right. well, not just this entertainment that makes my, you know, yeah. my goosebumps tingle or right. you know whatever. Right. Well, to that point, I responded at one point and I said, you know, I said, sir, I said, I, I hear what you're saying, right. but what you need to recognize is that we have a specific shape to our worship service, to where every single week we're going to actually have an opportunity to lament sin. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's not just always going to be an exciting, moving, entertaining moment. Right. You know, to where there's, you know, this this idea that if you create silence in a worship service, that that's awkward and we shouldn't do that. No, right. we actually do it on purpose yep. every week. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I love that. And again, with, with the thought around the worship service, the church, it's not about you. Uh, what we're hearing the culture push forward and even even facets of evangelicalism push forward is that it is about you. So that's when you get into the silly things like like requests, like right, like musical requests. Yeah. That's when you get into the silly things like, well, we, we've got to be multicultural. Uh, and as a result, we have to have someone who looks like me on the stage uh, in order to feel welcomed into that space. Yeah. That's when you get into the things that, that appeal to everything counter what Scripture tells us we need to be appealing to. Uh, and, and that is to the worship of God right. um, and, and pointing, pointing us, us closer and closer to him. Um, finally, as we, kind of, as we kind of bring things to a close, and, and, and you spoke about this before, Scott, about the issue of, of worship and, and separating the ideas of praise and worship mm-hmm. in two separate categories mm-hmm. and not understanding that all of what takes place uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, um, in the aspect of, of our time together uh, as we come together and join together on a Sunday morning yeah. is all about worship. Right, kind of right. speak to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Josh, you said it earlier, every element of the service is important, right? So you get some people who preaching is really important to them and everything else is sort of ancillary, preliminary. You got a lot of people where music is the most important thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen st- statistics, you know, when people look for churches, they're not looking for a particular denomination, particular doctrinal standard. They're looking for my style of music mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but in reality, the whole thing is designed to bring honor and glory to God. The whole service, every element ought to be, biblically speaking, designed to disciple the congregation uh, when in very much uh, sort of charismatic, in- influenced worship, we have this idea where we're supposed to be moving from praise to worship, which is all about the mood, all about the excitement. We have to st- start with the tingles, then move down to the holy hush, where now we're actually in the holy of holies experiencing the presence of God, mm-hmm. none of which comes from Scripture, all of which comes from faulty theology and from the culture itself. When in reality, if we rest in the sufficiency of the Word, uh, we're looking for preaching that is uh, that is that is actually unpacking the truths of yeah. Scripture. Yeah. We're looking for you know we're we're looking for you ought to look for a church that sings the Word, prays the Word, reads the Word, preaches the Word, and visualizes the Word through yeah. baptism in the table. Yeah. That has to be the core substance yeah. of everything that we're doing. Amen to that. Yeah. Well, I love all of that. I'm going to take just a moment before we wrap up to invite you again to the national conference, the G3 National Conference 2023. You don't want to miss it. Uh, September 21st through the 23rd. You'll want to be in this space. I don't know how to how to say it any more emphatically than, <laughs> than that. Uh, this is one you won't want to miss. We do this every two years. That's a biennial conference, and so uh, this is one you won't want to miss. This is one folks will be talking about uh, f- uh, between between the years when we do our next one. And so you'll definitely want to be a part. Uh, jump on to g3men.org uh, and register for that particular conference. Uh, as yep. as I as I bring things to a close, Josh, I'm going to turn things back over to you, kind of to give us a just kind of 
kind of a summary wrap-up of the kinds of things that, that folks should leave our conversation thinking about. Yeah, well, before we do that, should I be nervous about any of these plans you're making for the National you sh- Conference? Well, you, you, should be, you should be a little nervous about yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We probably need to talk through a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think we ought to just surprise them. Just surprise yeah. them? Um, <laughs> we're all going to be really surprised. Yeah, you'll be really surprised. Yeah. <laughs> you might be really surprised yeah. the Monday after. Yeah. I'll, yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Virtual surprise. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we locked you out of your office. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that name on the door, it's different yeah, it's now. Different now. <laughs> yeah. But in all seriousness, we're going to have lots of things for families. Yes. You know, this is not a pastor's conference. No, absolutely not. Um, it's mm-hmm. for the for the whole church. We're going to have really neat things yeah. designed for the family yes. and for children yep. in particular. For young so it's people, be great. 20, 20, uh, 18 and 25. Uh, we got a lot of stuff. That's what we got to like be nervous I said, about. I'm starting to get really nervous. <laughs> Remember, here. Virgil, this is about God. It's I, yes, not about but, appealing no, 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 to. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. We yeah. got. <laughs> But uh, so, yeah, as we think about, you know, closing the books on this conversation today, um, when we think about the church, you know, if you walk into a church and you're looking for a church for your family and you hear the language of the worship guy or the youth dude um, and that sort of thing, I mean, you should probably just do an a you know, just a U-turn and go back out the door and find another church. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the, the the idea that has been so commonplace in our culture over the last number of years is that, well, if we're going to be a really growing church and if we're going to really reach families, then we have to go after the the young, you know, youth dude guy that, that wears the right clothing, you know, has the right hairstyle. He might not be married and know anything about life yet, but he's going to disciple children and, and young people to grow and become very mature. Um, no, 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 no. That's not, that's not the way we should approach church. Right. One of the beautiful things about our local church here that we've witnessed over the last number of years is that we have been seeing an influx of young families, singles, young marrieds without children, who are intentionally coming here and they're not coming for the beaches. They're right. not coming for, you know, the goofy things that we do in the life of the church. We don't have a coffee shop. We don't have, uh, uh, you know, some sort of, you know, high level praise band that's leading us in, in worship. And I actually don't preach short sermons. No, you don't. But yet we're seeing, <laughs> but yet we're seeing an influx of young people that that are even willing to drive or even in some cases move across the city to be here mm-hmm. because they see the importance of choosing the right church that will leave an indelible mark on their on their families yeah. for generations to come. When we think about church discipline and the practice of church discipline, look, I've I've been a part of you know local churches. I've I've been a member of three churches in my lifetime. Um, I have pastored all three of those churches. Mm. So I started off here, went away to Kentucky, and then went to Tennessee, and then came back here to my home church. And I have seen church discipline in all three of these congregations, and I've seen church discipline work. And so the idea of having a healthy church that practices church discipline that just kicks people out of the church, well, then, you know, that's not the right idea of church discipline altogether. Mm-hmm. So we've even seen it here, you know, where we've had, you know, cases of discipline that's resulted 
in the final step of excommunication only to see a year later have that individual come back and restored into the life of the church because they came to see that we were willing to confront them even to the point if they were stubborn and persisted in sin Mm -hmm. to then excommunicate them from the church. Mm -hmm. So what I would say is that, you know, if you have a job transfer or your child is going away to the university and looking for a healthy church to join when they arrive, I would just encourage you before you choose your neighborhood, choose your church, before you choose a university, find a local church, even if it means you have to maybe not go to that university Mm -hmm. uh, because the the local church actually does matter. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, we need to have a high view of church membership, and we need to approach this uh, through the right biblical lenses. And then last of all, I would say, if you're looking for a healthy church, we do have a website, g3men.org. You can go to the church search option. We have a, a really healthy, growing church network. And if you're not a part of that network, we would love to invite you into this network. But obviously, if you're looking for a healthy church, we would point you there first to start that search and pray that God would bless your family in the process. Absolutely. No, this I'm hopeful that this was incredibly helpful uh, to those of you who had questions uh, about this subject. My, my, my hope would be that even as you are listening to this podcast and find it edifying, that you would pass it along to someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to encourage you to, to ensure that you, you like, comment, subscribe, share, uh, get this information out. We know that there are a lot of people, especially in uh, our current evangelical environment uh, who are asking questions, who are trying to figure out next steps. How do I look at a church? What should I be prioritizing? And, and I'm, I, I know that our discussion uh, would be beneficial uh, to those of you who are, are, are listening in on that conversation. Uh, with regard to that, I want to ask you uh, to, to uh, again, if you're watching on, on YouTube, uh, uh, definitely comment there. Uh, also, Apple Podcasts. Give us a review. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't like it, a don't, good review. A good review. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, if you don't like it, don't review. Right. But if you do like it, <laughs> if you like what you heard, uh, we could definitely benefit from a review. It gets us kind of higher up on the uh, on the search uh, uh, charts if you'll, if you'll go ahead and give us a review. Anything yep. you want to add before yep. we head out? No, I just want to recommend a book from G3 Press that kind of ties into what we're talking about. You know, one of the things we've, we've mentioned is looking for a church that has expositional preaching. Uh, James Coates wrote an excellent book, Preaching and Hearing God's Word, that was published by G3 Press. Uh, if you're kind of want, wanting to, to know, well, what, what exactly is expositional preaching? Mm-hmm. Here's a good a good source uh, that would help you. And really all of our books, that's that's it. they're meant to encourage and equip uh, believers for God's glory. And the kinds of things we're emphasizing on our website, the kinds of things we're publishing are the kinds kinds of things that we ought to be searching for in a local church. So uh, read our stuff and and we're we're doing it for you. Uh, And so the more that you can be informed as to what God desires for us as believers, that also is going to help in finding a church that will help to grow you in those ways. That's great. Hey, thank you for joining us for this edition of the G3 Podcast.